what are we anticipating that our staff are going to be feeling in a negative way? If that's Zoom fatigue, or if that's compassion fatigue, or if that's burnout from working more hours and not shutting it off. And so I think as a leader, we should always be trying to anticipate what is around the corner. And frankly, asking the staff, how can I, how can I make your life better or easier? Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So, what does this mean for you? Well, if you're an organizational leader, maybe someone who's interested in exploring entrepreneurship or just looking to grow as a leader within your within your own organization, we exist to help you get there. So if you have a question that you're wrestling with, maybe there's a topic of discussion happening within your office you'd love for us to explore. Maybe you just would love to get a hold of some of our faculty and hear what some of the latest trends are within the business business world. Or you just know of someone who would just make an awesome guest for our show. Send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-E-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Well, Organizational culture has definitely been evolving over these past few months as we've all either been working from home, been partly at work, hybrid, whatever the case may be. There's no question that we're all sitting on our Zoom meetings. We're all sitting at home. We have kids running around. We have just so much bleeding into our personal lives that sometimes it can be overwhelming. Or, you know, let's say there's a lot of people out here who may have lost their job, unfortunately, during during this COVID pandemic. And fortunately, maybe they found another job in the midst of it. However, like with all new jobs, it's so hard as is to assimilate, to learn who these people are that you're starting to work with, to understand the culture and just to find your place in your new company. Well, Today, we want to explore a lot of these HR topics in a visual world. I am honored to welcome Chelsea Ducate, the founder of Red Envelope Consulting, whose mission is helping organizations go from chaos to clarity. She is also an alum here at the Kelly School of Business at IPUI. Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited about this. So that's, you know, that's the big question right now is we're all doing so much virtually. You know, we just did an episode uh, a couple weeks ago talking about there's this, you know, fatigue of, you know, from Zoom and there's this, it's, it's hard to even separate, you know, work life from uh, personal life now, because for many of us, the, our office is on our kitchen table. Our office is right next to our bedroom. So it's so easy just to walk past and, you know, want to go answer one more email at eight o'clock at night. Um, and so there's so many new challenges, I guess a lot of us are learning, but I think a big part of it is, you know, for people who are, um, trying to get back into the job market, maybe are just getting hired into these new organizations. I mean, that process is daunting already for a new hire, trying to fit in, trying to know who sitting next to them, but then to throw a digital element where you're not physically in the same space, you know, let, let's start here. Let's talk about, you know, what are some of these HR challenges that are being seen um, given that so much of our workforce is remote? Yeah, I mean, I think that you're seeing a variety of things. I mean, I think from 
the leadership standpoint for organizations that have previously been located on site or together as a team, I think at first, you know, there was this fear of, are they going to be able to get the job done? And are they, are they really working? And I think that fear has quickly turned over to, are they working too much? Are they working too many hours? Are they able to disconnect? Right. And so I think you're seeing leadership um, consider those challenges and um, figure out how am I going to care for my team in this, you know, remote environment. So it, it's been interesting to see um, the concerns of leadership just evolve. And so now we're getting questions like, how do we engage our team? How do we make sure that they're mentally strong? And it's great dialogue. And I'm, I'm loving the compassion and the thought process. So um, absolutely timely and important. And so some of the things that, that we've seen are just offering more resources. Um, and whether that's you know through their benefit plan that they're on and just reiterating the access to you know, free virtual counseling. Um, we're also seeing, um, you know, more engagement in terms of um, appreciation and gifts. So, you know, they'll do fun days where it's popcorn day and everybody gets a bag of popcorn delivered to their front door, you know, so we're seeing fun stuff like that too. Um, we're seeing challenges done virtually. So it is kind of neat to see how, how creative they're getting with the engagement piece. And it's interesting to watch because for a lot of people, you know, who are um, starting to get hired in the midst of a, this pandemic and, you know, maybe they're not quite meeting in person yet. So they're having to go through the onboarding process digitally or, you know, remotely, which, you know, for, for some organizations, I mean, like we were talking about on the phone before this interview, for some organizations, they've been doing this way before the pandemic. I mean, there's organizations that have been moving in this direction of starting to go totally digital and you can work full time from the comfort of your own home. But now that so many other organizations have been forced into this space, they're trying to kind of catch up to what's happening. So starting with the, you know, the challenge for an organizational leader who's wanting to make sure that those that they hire feel a part of the team, feel welcomed into the culture and feel, you know, like they can be um, a part of, of what's happening without physically seeing, you know, people in your office, you know, talk about some, um, some tips or strategies that, that you would offer organizational leaders to be mindful of and how people should be onboarded. You know, what I'm seeing and, and what I recommend is that organizations try to create these cohorts. So, you know, if you've got a new hire starting one week and then one new hire the next week, why not combine it and have the two together? So at least they feel like they've got a peer and somebody that's, that's going through it at the same time in the same way. So really encouraging that togetherness and, and setting some timelines and schedules. Um, so that maybe it's the second Monday of every month is when they onboard all the new staff so they can go through it together as a team, as a cohort. Um, you know, certainly having some sort of mentorship program, I think, is really important. It doesn't have to be anything crazy form formal, but, um, you know, somebody that's checking in besides their boss, right, just to say, how's it going? Are you figuring out the tools? You know, how can I help? Um, and speaking of tools, I think, you know, um, it's always been 
a preference to have all the tools and technology ready for a new hire on day one, right? Well, <laughs> I think in this virtual environment, it's 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 almost required for that person to have all their equipment at least two days before their first day, right? Give them a chance to get fully up and operated, turn on the computer, plug it in, get things ready and going. Um, and also looking at um, utilizing tools like Slack for communication, you know, some sort of internal way, you know, and outside of maybe a chat or something like that. You know, and I guess one of the problems that, that can arise at times is, um, you know, they're just like that, that disconnect from, from humanity or that disconnect because you're, you're sitting on a, a Zoom call constantly or, you know, maybe you feel as an individual just feels guilty because like you said, I think... We, when you start a new job as a person coming in who has been on, you know, some, some companies who've been great at onboarding and other companies who've been terribly onboarding, um, you just at times feel guilty because you feel like you should be doing something and yet there's nothing quite to do yet. So, um, how does, how does an individual or an organizational leader begin to frame some conversations or how, what expectations, um, should be st- started from a, from a hiring manager's perspective, especially now that, uh, you know, individuals who may be working at home and just feel guilty because they don't feel like they're contributing or doing much yet. It's just part of the process. Just having a a check-in, um, calendar that says, Hey, I'm going to check in on, on this regular schedule. So if it's maybe every day at three o'clock or, you know, whatever works for that employee and and the leader, but also encouraging that employee that if the leader is going to have a Zoom with, let's say a client or a customer, go ahead and just, you know, let that new employee pop in and and shadow and kind of see, you know, get a glimpse of beyond their role, right? So just giving that opportunity and thinking about you know, if I, if I were new, what, what would I like to see given the environment we're in? And one thing to, to kind of go further with that, um, I, I love how you are trying to th- think about bringing people in, like, how do I bring them into what I'm doing to show them, um, you know, what this company is about and the values and the meetings and how we operate and what's some of the language we use, um, you know, especially using Zoom and having those capabilities where people can just, hey, pop right into a meeting and then pop, pop right out. Um, you know, so going into what we were talking about earlier, you know, there are some organizations that have been doing this for quite a while. They've been digital for, you know, before the pandemic started, and that's been the bedrock for their organization. You know, what are some of the things that they've done that have garnered some success with, with regards to onboarding or, you know, how have you consulted firms in that way um, to help garner more success, you know, in the digital onboarding space? You know, I think, I think before we get to the what, it's important to talk about the why. So why have companies previously been operating this way? And um, I think the main reason is, is the availability of talent. So the availability of talent really drives the business. And so, you know, the tech industry, for example, there's just not enough software engineers. There's just not. And, um, companies have to get creative. So they, you know, you see some of these tech companies, you know, we don't care where you work, 
because it opens up that that talent pool. So now I'm not looking in Indianapolis. I'm looking in, you know, the Eastern time zone or, or whatever. Um, and so it just opens up those talent pools. So, I, you know, I think that's part of the reason why these companies have already been operating like that is because there's just not enough people local. And, and I don't think that's just Indianapolis. I, I think that's a lot of communities and even the bigger cities. And so what are you seeing, you know, as they're kind of broadening and opening up these talent pools, you know, what, what are ways that they're able to, you know, pull in um, and get people to feel a part of, you know, that organization when you, you know, you're a Silicon Valley tech company in California and you just made a hire in Nashville, Tennessee or Indianapolis, Indiana, yet, you know, you're, there is an expectation. Okay. Hey, how, how do you want to feel involved? Or is that, or are you seeing it more of a, of a demand where, you know, just people who are entering the the virtual workforce really are just like, Hey, look, I'm just coming in to do my job. You know, I'm totally fine with getting in, but Hey, I'm, I want to get out and enjoy my family as soon as five o'clock hits. It starts with, it starts with what kind of culture you want to set. And so as leadership teams determine what kind of culture they set or want to set, you know, it's really important to say, you know, when we have team meetings, we're not going to have some people in the room and some people on zoom, it's going to be all zoom. You know, so I don't care if you're sitting in your cube at headquarters or if you're at home. So just laying the playing field so it doesn't feel like anyone is at an advantage, whether they're present at HQ or wherever they are in the world. Um, so I think I think it's it's that expectation. It's also the messaging of um, so that it's fully inclusive, regardless of you know how the person is operating. Um, so I think those things are important. And just to set from the very beginning, like we're going to operate in a remote culture. And, and so everything's going to be based on that. Um, just to give you a quick example, I was on a, a call yesterday and we had, you know, 25 people in a room and then we had 10 people on the Zoom and the Zoom froze up. So they they were at a disadvantage. Right. So they didn't hear all the information. They weren't able to access it. But yeah, the people that were physically present were, and that's that's an issue for me because that's that's not creating um, a similar experience. Sure, and I mean, you know, for for one who's been in meetings when you know pe- some people are remote and some people are in person, there is when you are remote and you see people in person, you do feel like you're missing out, or you do feel like, oh shoot, like was I supposed to be there? Man, you kind of, there's some some guilt that kind of comes in there, like yeah, you know, am I doing the right thing, sitting out, um, you know, which I think is important to address, you know. So then, and I think that ties into you know the organizational leader, especially early in the onboarding, you know, and like you were saying, I love the train of thought of you know setting that culture early. How important is it for an organizational leader, especially now, to be involved within the onboarding process to, uh, you know, especially not being able to have just call a quick meeting or say, hey, you know, we're going to do this training schedule um, in person from this time to this time. We're going to hear from our organizational leaders. You know, what what messaging or how do they approach, you know, people who are coming on their team, whether that be the CEO, whether that be just the hiring managers, whether that be direct reports, you know, whoever that person is, what does that interaction look like? And how much more important is it, especially now for them to stay engaged with, with new hires? You know, I think what you're seeing in the onboarding space is, you know, historically onboarding was, Hey, fill out this paperwork and here's the employee handbook. (laughs) 
right? And so we've quickly divided into pre-boarding and onboarding. And so pre-boarding has now replaced maybe that more traditional onboarding experience. So when the employee shows up, all that other stuff has been done, all that other administrative stuff. And so now onboarding is truly, how can we get you equipped, trained up, ready to go, knowing your leader, knowing um, the way that your leader operates, um, their preferences in terms of communication, right? So it, it's it's just changed over the years. And I think that, you know, historically employees have had to just figure it out and employees are demanding more. They, they want more information and they want it quickly. So I think it is a nice blend of, um, hey, watch some of these videos. And also, here's an opportunity to get some FaceTime with the CEO, which you may not get for several more months, you know, ever again. So like, this is how much our CEO values you and the talent that we have and that we bring in. So we're going to give you some one-on-one time, right? And it's not just, you know, this onboarding process. Obviously, there's people working from home are finding, uh, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they're finding challenges that we never thought would be there in the first place. Because when you, you know, move everyone or move the majority of your workforce from in person to being at home, you know, we're seeing, like, like I said earlier, we're seeing it's hard sometimes to disconnect. It's hard sometimes to just work, you know, be tempted to work a couple more hours, you know, just to, just to get ahead or, you know, or to be honest on the opposite end, you know, some people just miss the interactions that they've had with their, with, with their desk mate or the, you know, their, their cubicle mate or their office person, whoever that is. Um, and then that's also causing some, you know, a lot of, uh, mental, you know, unwellness because there's, they don't have, um, that quick, I just need a break. I'm standing up. Oh, Hey, look, you're hopping to, happening to stand up. Let's just have some small talk. Now everything is so got to get on zoom, got to mic like so micromanaged with time schedule. So for organizational leaders and as a consultant yourself, you know, how do you, um, encourage organizational leaders and HR leaders to open their eyes to see what's happening and how do people begin to start making those touch points with um, everyone in the organization? Well, I think um, one thing that we could all do better at as leaders is anticipating pain, right? So what, what are we anticipating that our staff are going to be feeling um, in a negative way? So if that's zoom fatigue, or if that's compassion fatigue, or if that's um, burnout, you know, from, from working more hours and not shutting it off. And so I think as a leader, we should always be trying to anticipate what is around the corner and, and frankly, asking the staff, having those regular check-ins to say like, how can I, how can I make your life better or easier? What is it that you need? And sometimes they're not able to vocalize it, right? Or express what they need. And so as a leader, I think it's really your job to, again, try to anticipate that, try to read it and think, okay, they've just went through a major change in how they do their job. What are some of the potential symptoms that would, would come from that change? And then it's, it's leaning into that, right? And it's leaning into what can we do to help out with mental wellness? Um, is that having a speaker, is that giving them a coach or 
um, you know, an internal mentor? Like what, what is that? What are some of the things, you know, you're noticing or seeing or you're helping companies kind of work through as a consultant that, you know, obviously, you know, like case in point, the Zoom fatigue is something we never thought we'd start seeing. And now now there's terms for it, like just Zoom fatigue. People are getting burnt out. But what are maybe some of the more um, untalked about or um, issues with um, whether that be uh, mental health, whether that be um, just connectivity, whatever, whatever those issues are, what are some of the more... Um, deeper, less spoken issues that you're being, being able to notice and starting to having to help consult companies in engaging their team virtually? Well, um, you know, we're seeing all, all kinds of things um, and all, all types of pressures, right? So everything typically comes back to some sort of pressure, external or internal. And um, what has been some of the, the solutions, the creative solutions that have come out of this is you know, I'm seeing some of our clients, you know, they give every Friday afternoon off now. It's like, Hey, by 1 PM on Friday, I want you offline. I don't want you, I don't want you on at all. If I see that you're online, we're gonna have a discussion. Um, I'm seeing employers say, you know, take an hour to go work out or get a massage, you know, whatever that is a week, um, or even more than that. Um, so you know, we're seeing some, we're seeing some really cool things come out of it. Um, but, you know, again, I think it's, it's just trying to anticipate that pain and then figure out some options. Um, one of the ways that we kind of stay fresh on what's going on in the market is we're part of a, a group of HR professionals. And so we get to hear about other problems outside of our, just our clients. Um, so I encourage leaders to be, be part of, you know, external networks to stay fresh on ideas and things like that. For team leaders, for CEOs, maybe you're a small company and you're able to be, you know, hands-on or maybe you're part of a large organization and you have so many, you know, team leads and project leads uh, kind of running and staying connected. What are some signs of, you know, team fatigue, of, of Zoom fatigue, of, you know, people who are just, you can see they're just starting to check out or there's just something that's not clicking, you know, what are some of those signs that organizational leaders can start uh, looking into? And then how do you begin the process of, of addressing that to make sure that, you know, people feel that they're not just being, um, you know, that there's, I guess there's some sort of empathetic, just, Hey, I'm meeting you where you are and I want to help you through this. The, the biggest sign is seeing, um, seeing your staff work odd hours. It's like, you know, it's, Flexibility is great, but it can also cause people pain when they don't have a routine. So if you're noticing emails from the middle of the night or late or super early, I think that's definitely a sign or a symptom. And it could be that they're just doing that because they have more flexibility and freedom too, and they're quite happy. But I think that's something that's always like, hmm, um, what, what's going on here? Um, uh, other other uh, flags, I guess, that I would say, or, um, you know, just maybe participating, but the camera's off or, um, showing up late to zoom meetings, um, you know, things like that. But I, I think, I think the biggest issue isn't the people that aren't working. I think it's quite the opposite that there's people that are working too much. 
what are ways, you know, as an organizational leader, because sometimes it can be a sensitive subject because it's not just a performance issue, but there's, it's probably something more underlying, like whether that be, you know, early people just starting to fall into a depression from just being, you know, isolated in their walls sometimes, or it's people are just, you know, frustrated and anxious with what's going on because they're just Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and they can't catch a break or, you know, so as an organizational leader, as a team leader, um, as a mentor, even, you know, how do you begin to approach those conversations um, with that individual in a way that helps them to um, get out of this this quote unquote funk that they're in, or um, just being encouraged? You know, how do those conversations begin to take place? It's the B word. It's boundaries, right? Um, and encouraging those boundaries and, and and encouraging the autonomy to set those boundaries. So, you know, if, if somebody on my team says, Hey, I do my, my best work between nine and three, you know, and I want to do strictly email outside of those hours, that's, that's fine. Go for it. I'll work with that schedule. Right. If you're telling me your brain is fully functioning from nine to three, why, why not lean into that strength? Right. Why would I want to compromise <laughs> and try to push my agenda or my my things um, outside of that time frame? So um, setting boundaries with not only your boss, but your peers, your customers, you know, your customers don't need to know that you're not available from eight to nine. They need to know when you are available. So, I, you know, just goes back to take some ownership of your schedule and set those boundaries. And finally, as we begin to wrap up, you know, as someone who runs their own organization is, you know, involved in giving in, in consulting uh, other companies and in um, HR related topics, you know, for you, what do you find that's most successful for you to disconnect to kind of recharge, refocus? How do you, um, you know, get past the Zoom burnout and the, you know, email burnout and the being confined within your own four walls at home? You know, what are some strategies that you utilize um, to help you stay mentally sharp? Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of um, scheduling little breaks and um, scheduling those breaks in between meetings. So instead of meetings being an hour long, they can be 45 minutes, right? anything should be able to be done in 45 minutes. And, and, you know, that's my opinion, but, um, and then giving you those 15 minutes to grab some water or snack or, you know, walk around your house, get some exercise, get outside, you know? So I think, um, you know, we all have that ability to kind of design whatever works best for us. Um, but yeah, certainly if you have a leader that's like, are you okay? Right. I need to take a step back and, and figure out what do I need to be doing differently here? Again, Chelsea Duquette, she's the founder of Red Envelope Consulting, whose mission is helping organizations go from chaos to clarity. She's also an alum at IUPUI Kelly School of Business. Chelsea, thank you so much for being our guest here on the podcast. Thank you. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.